Hello, everybody, and welcome back to OP's OP, the podcast where we go through the One Piece universe front to back. I, as always, am the super rookie, Senator Jacob, joined by my co-host and super veteran, General Yankee Justin. Hey, guys, what's up? Today, we are discussing the giant mechanical soldier of Akarakuri Castle. What a mouthful. I can only describe, in a nutshell, as the most aggressively median film <laughs> I have ever seen. Aggressively mediocre, aggressively bland. It's <laughs> it like, it's aggressively things. mid. Mm-hmm. It it's does just few, so mid. There's a few things that are cool, some things that are, but a lot more things that are just like, why? There's, and, there's, it has its, its upsides. It's not terrible. It's definitely not good i think it has a lot more downs than ups personally i think it's kind of just in the middle like i'm saying it's aggressively mid if you like if you really love one piece it's fine yeah Mm -hmm. i think even for me i'm just thinking like i was like bored half the time but when the fun happens it is pretty fun but it's it's not like curse the sacred sword where i'm like pulling my hair going oh my god how long is this exposition scene but it's more like there's not that much going on (laughs) yeah it it is fairly skippable to be completely honest oh absolutely uh if we're just gonna mention that I, this is my second movie where i go this is a super pass you get my pull permission to pass on this movie yeah it's like it's um, like a like a five like i mean it when i say it's mid like five like it, it's okay i it's think not five that is bad, way too not generous very good. Really, <laughs> i think it's like super super middle i think it's i think it's below middle but we'll get more detail yeah it's not like egregiously bad it's just like not good <laughs> you know that's all I think it is I, I think it's my different perspective because when I see things as incredibly boring or bland, I to me that makes it worse because it's forgettable. No, as soon, yeah, as, we're, no, as, soon as we're done talking about this movie and we post the movie and everything on our recording, then I'm just going to forget about this and move on because it is just so minimal. Despite the fact that you can meme this movie to death, it's just boring as hell. I can see that. I'll probably have to listen to this episode of myself in the future to remember what I thought about this movie because I'm not going <laughs> to watch it again. Yeah, exactly. I'd rather listen to this episode again. Like I and can that, say that without even having recorded this episode yeah, yet. And, and that's my point. No rewatch value. <laughs> um, so I guess right off the bat, um, drip check. That's very casual right at first where it's just... Oh, actually, so at the very beginning, right, the opening scene, they're wearing the same clothes they had from the end of Dead End Adventure. So it's almost like if you're doing like yeah, a movie I noticed timeline, that. yeah, a movie timeline esque. This is right after that fourth movie. I like how they kind of just skipped Baron Omatsu. Yeah, a little, bit. <laughs> just just a little bit. It's a little, it's a little timeline. It's a little adventure. It was but just after, a dream. It was just a dream. Just a, it was just a bad nightmare. Um, and then the next casual wear, it's it's fine, right? It's like they got the most of the characters have like their regular clothing, but like Nami and Robin, they always have the yeah. The, about to say, this this is the quickest drip check of all, so let's just get it out the way. Robin yeah. easily wins by mm, what the, the last one, right? The last one, right? Yeah, like her because she wears a normal outfit, like a version of it that's slightly yeah. changed, right? In the beginning, that one's yeah. okay, but her full on new outfit that she wears for like the majority of the movie is great. It, it's kind of it's super it impractical, so it's actually kind of terrible, but she looks great in it. Yeah, so at the end of the day, does she look good? Yeah. I'll allow it. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so the exploration, you're talking about the adventurer outfit, right? Yeah, because everyone mm -hmm. else is just wearing their their defaults, except for Nami, who has kind of a similar, like, as what she was wearing in the last movie, except different colors. A little bit. I got, like, Lara Croft vibes from... uh, Me too. Where it's just, you know, the tank top, the exploration short shorts. She even has, like, a little kind of utility belt, like, added Mm -hmm. on. Yeah, but I definitely agree Robin wins on that one. The Fomalware, which 
I guess they wear for like five minutes. Uh, Nami has the better one of the two, I think. She had like the tangerine choker and the the red dress with the no straps and the hairdo. Yeah. But if you're looking for a sex appeal, then Robin wins that one because she just had like a V strap. <laughs> she just looks great in her outfit. It just like it suits Robin really well. Yeah. Um. We'll get to that scene when we get there, but it does look good just for the sake of the drip check. Um. So overall production of this movie. I want to say it's so... I know I say this a lot with these movies, and I'm going to say it again. The quality is just inconsistent with this movie. You uh, have moments where, oh like, the, like the climax, right? The climax, that looks pretty good, right? It's not like Sacred Sword, where you're like, maybe this scene looks okay, and this scene looks weird. Like, no, the action does look pretty good. So I'll give it that. That's an improvement. But everything before that climax, especially when the characters are, like, standing still and talking to each other, Holy shit, we have that same eye problem that we had from the second movie, uh, Clockwork Island Adventure. Dude, this, where... that's not the only problem. It's like a everything problem. Oh, from being yeah, that's, uh, yeah, th I'm just saying one thing. I don't know what was going on when they were drawing these, like, keyframes, mm -hmm. but then something was going very wrong. Yeah, do you remember the part where they're, like, discussing what to do with the lady from the chest, and then Luffy has, like, the biggest derp face of oh, ever Oh, dude, seen. right <laughs> after that is what I remember the most when he, like jumps into the air excitedly and, and he and looks, animation so looks so awkward weird. just the yeah. drawing of him as well like his shorts look weird and boxy he looks mm -hmm. like he's a different shape it's so weird yeah there's also the scene where nami and zoro are like tumbling down like the castle wall and at first tumbling it's fine but then it shows like them going away and it's like the animation like stops halfway and then reverses but they're not even tumbling down they're just going forward back forward back and it looks like they're floating as a result yeah. It looks so bad. But again, when the action, the main action happens, it's fine. It's passable, even good. But those bad moments are so distractingly bad. <laughs> so, God. Yeah, it's... Oh, I had a little joke here, too, where I'm just like, if they spent more time on those, like, downtime scenes and less on, like, the boob physics of the first 25 minutes of this movie, they could have actually <laughs> made that better. You notice that, too, right? The yeah, first 20 like, minutes... The aggressive like dead or alive high school of the dead boob physics um where they include their own sound effects and everything i'm just like what the fuck is going on with this movie yeah someone was very very horny in that Ab studio ab absolutely and then after the first 20 25 minutes you never get those physics again so it's like they had like you know they split like the teams up different animators to do like portions of the movie and that team definitely had an idea and they stuck with it the whole way through <laughs> Um, certainly did. And I'm not saying, like, for the sake of, like, oh, because I'm the guy who dislikes fan service when it's just forced in, which is true. I'm talking, like, no, Nami moves, like, a millimeter in any direction, and you just get, like, you get the sound effects, and you just get the yeah, jiggling everywhere. Actually. It distracts. It actively takes away from the scene. So, yeah. So less time on that, and maybe on the actual <laughs> animations we mentioned earlier, maybe that would have been polished a bit more. Um, art design. Character designs for the OCs for the location. Um, I love the location, the fact that it's like a like a Spanish city on the back of like an ancient turtle. Um, that was pretty cool. Although we never even like go into town. The worst kept secret ever. By the oh way. yeah, like the first five minutes of the movie, they give us the turtle pose, and I'm Easily. like, turtle. I'm like, this island is a giant <laughs> turtle. Like, so okay, so the question for you: Do you think that would have been as obvious to us if we haven't read the Zhao arc, the Zhao arc? With the giant, you know, Zunisha. Yes, I do. You think so? That's not even what I was thinking about. Although, obviously, oh, okay. that there is that piece of my mind. But I think mm -hmm. of uh, 
I want to say Discworld, even though I know that's wrong. <laughs> or is um, it? It's a, it's a really popular fantasy world, like, you know, fantasy book series that I have not read that has the giant yeah. turtle world. And it's kind of popularized from there, as far as I know. And it's just become mm-hmm. pretty permeant in, like, fantasy in general. So when I saw this little turtle pose, I'm like, okay, it's like going to its mom or... Right. Yeah. That's a turtle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's going to a giant turtle. And the whole big mystery they reveal that, oh, the island is actually on top of a giant ancient turtle. It was predictable. It was still cool, right? We knew it was coming, but it's like, yeah, it's still cool. The CG is a little outdated, but it's fine. Um As but the thing that was such a clash in aesthetics were the cyborgs, the robots, the the, the engineers, right? Because you have the the cyborgs that look kind of like Frankie inspired. There's nothing wrong with that. Like, I'm talking about Lamaji and, uh, I think his name is Honky. Um, Maji and Honky. Um, they're okay, right? Is uh, his name Maji, actually Honky? It's Honky or Honky or something. They say his name like once or twice. Um, it's spelled o- H-O-N-K-I. So, <laughs> could be Honky or Honky. Um, that was the guy that looked like Frankie. And then, oh, by the way, there's no Frankie in this movie. Despite the fact that this movie would seemingly be perfect for Frankie yes, to be it's still in. pre-Water 7. It's still pre-Y7. It's like the fourth movie in a row, by the way. Um, and then we had Maji, who looks like a like a post-apocalypse biker, right? You said there's a uh, terminology for that type? Uh, yeah, he's like, it's like a Yankee archetype, kind of. Yankee. Oh, that, that's why I did mispronounce that. <laughs> Sorry about that. Or, um, uh, or the Bosozoku, which is like a biker gang. And they're, they're yeah. kind of interlap. There's interlap between the two, so. Mm. Yeah, and so those two are fine. The goons, right? They're, they're, they, they do a passable job with design-wise. Um, they're not really characters, but it's fine. I think the design for Ratchet, the main antagonist, was, is awful. I hate his design so fucking much. Um, you have, like, like peppy pretty boy hair you got like the glasses that granted i like the wipers on his glasses but they are on the outside rather than the inside so it makes no sense um that's exactly what i was thinking i was thinking the breath would be inside the glasses <laughs> yeah why inside why are they outside? <laughs> fucking, uh, it's like again that was a cute little detail but it was on the wrong side of the glasses and they do I mean, it like maybe have those for like mist right or bad weather but in general yeah, but, i think you'd want them on the inside yeah, exactly. But when they're utilized, it's because he's getting so full of himself and he's like like breathing so hard that his glasses are getting foggy from the inside. Um, but yeah, he's wearing regular glasses, but he's supposed to be like the super smart engineer. So I'm thinking, so then why isn't he wearing goggles? Right? That way. And also you have those, that brush feature would be inside the goggles. That'd make a lot more sense because those really fog easily. Yeah. Um, he's also wearing like these super oversized overalls that are like bright yellow. They're not covered in dirt. They're not covered in grease or oil. They're like pristine piss yellow. And this guy has no drip. At none all. at all. And then he also has oversized scarf that, okay, they have some gear patterns on them, but it's just so large. It's like, okay, so is the scarf to keep you warm because you have like the most oversized overalls? <laughs> it made no sense. Um, and then he had like this stupid, like large, like bracelets too that matched the scarf, but they were also oversized. Um, I'm just talking about the design of this character, and that alone is, like, abysmally bad. Because when I think of, like, when you think of, like, a stereotypical, like, me- mechanic or engineer, you think, like, maybe, like, someone with a dad bod, right? Like, they have a beer belly, but they're, like, really big guns, too. Like, big arms, right? Maybe. Um, this dude is the reverse. He's got noodle arms, but, a, but like, a rippling six-pack at the same time. <laughs> yeah, I think he's supposed to be more like the mad scientist type character, but he but, doesn't really hit it quite right. Yeah, exactly. So I was thinking design wise, they, sh- they really over designed and yet under designed at the same time, because 
overdesigned, like you give them all these scarves and oversized overalls, but it's like all you had to do really was just give them like a striped suit, make him look a bit more like Iceberg from Water Seven, a little eccentric, you know? Yeah, yeah, someone who's more, you know, because they give him that that cliche uh, attitude where he think he's like man- like maniacal, and he like always like pushes up his glasses, and you get like the the reflection of the eyes. By the way, this guy is not. He's like one of the stupidest villains we've seen. Oh yeah, he's so bottom tier, like a yeah. foxy tier villain. Yeah, we'll get into more detail, but uh, once we get to him. But detail wise, I'm just trying to focus right now because, ah, uh, like this guy just whenever he was on screen, I think the only thing that didn't bother me about him was his voice actor. He did an okay job, but his just design, his motivations, everything about this guy was horrible. Um. But everything else was very passable. Oh, we forgot. And there's also um, Gonzo the butler who's there. And oh, yeah, he's Roba. totally relevant. <laughs> and Roba, or Roba the, the mother, who's also there. She's a plot device to help move the plot forward. And then after she does, she's... Dude, man, in the middle of the movie, I'd, I'd actually forgotten about her. I mean that. Yeah, Completely the movie did too. About her. The movie did too, because Ratchet like put her like in the, like, in the, the secret trap door. And then we don't see her for like 45 minutes. And then she comes back with Gonzo and they rescue the Straw Hats and they just go, please don't kill my son or whatever. And that's it. <laughs> <It's> so <laughs> literally like no purpose. And she just looks like a caricature of royalty, right? She's got like the super big cheeks and hair, uh, but she's really tiny. Like that, that's it. So I got the uh, old, old Japanese innkeeper vibe. Mm-hmm. I can see that. So overall art design, the setting is okay. Even good. The characters, it's more of a miss than a hit. So, and honestly, everything else seems like pretty run-of-the-mill, right? Music standard. Uh, color's it, pretty good. It was like watching an abridged filler arc. <sighs> and the filler arc how, wasn't I, that good. To me. I hate I hate how accurate that sounds. <laughs> the abridged version of, like, it really, It really did feel like a filler arc, like a, a relatively bad one. Yeah, and normally, I would, again, this is why we're watching these movies, because I'm fine with that if it's entertaining. This one was... Unfortunately not. And it could have been. I had, like, it was right up my alley. I had, like, the mechs. It had robots. You had, like, little, like, gadgets and inventions. I'd say, the- yeah. But it has redeeming features. I do think it does. Not, like, redeeming as in, like, make it good, but at least balance out how boring it kind of yeah. is overall. <laughs> A lot of these ideas could have worked on paper. Or, like, they sound like they definitely should have worked from the paper. And then execution, they were lacking. Um. All right. So, 90-minute movie. Let's get right into it. So, opening scene, I will say. Pretty damn good, right? You get a close up introduction of all the straw hats. You see a little bit of their quirks and how they act. Candlelight, right? You get a little reflection on them. Then they're in the storm, getting the chest. Um, you get that wonderful <laughs> scene where Luffy like launches himself onto the ship and then pulls everyone back <laughs> with his power, and everyone just freaking the fuck out. Um, yeah, great that part sh- even looked pretty good as well. Yeah, because again, it reminded me of movie four. <laughs> so maybe they got all the old guys from movie four to do that opening scene, and then they got the new guys, because this is when the boom physics start, and it's daylight, and we get the the plot, right? And I don't mean that as a joke. I mean, we actually get the plot with Robo. Um, but honestly, it's very run-of-the-mill, very standard. Like, there's not really much we're talking about, honestly, where it's just like, yeah, Robo tells him about this, oh, if you take me back to my home, I'll, I'll show you this legendary golden crown, and I'm just thinking... This is the second time now we've had a golden crown in yeah. the movie franchise. <laughs> you could come up with like a sapphire, an emerald, like any other treasure, a bracelet, a necklace. No, it's uh, it's another golden crown, I guess. And it's even legendary. Like it's not even confirmed. Everyone else doesn't want to go. Luffy wants to go because he smells adventure. So they go. Um, 
they get to the cool island. They hear the cool song, right? What was it called? Like Yurari Uta. It's like it's like a driving yeah, force of the, the main plot. Oh, I forgot. Like it's like the wake up song. I forgot what the word actually yeah. used was. And the song was actually pretty cool, right? When you get that, it's that very immersive. You get into like the cultural of the island a little bit. But again, we just ever actually go to the town or the island itself. So it was like almost missed potential. Because again, it, felt, it reminded me of like the Spanish forts here in the state of California, where you have like the slanted walls, the bells, they're kind of deteriorating a little bit. It's a little aged, but it's very homey at the same time. Um, not good history for it, though. <laughs> and, but when it gets to the island, and instead of like this older cultural aesthetic, all of a sudden we have like these crazy gadgets and inventions because, uh, they see the you know they see the pirate flag, the Dolly Roger, and then these this one or two one or two people. I know it's three in total, but I think it's just Maji by himself for now on the island. Activates all these defense systems to try and repel the um the pirates, and then save Roba at the same time with a with a by the way with an airplane. <laughs> we talked about. I how. know it wasn't really though because they even mentioned in the movie that it has limited range. It's more like a glider. Yeah, it's a glider that has a propeller. But it, yeah, like you said, it's like a very limited battery life. It needs like a, but they had like a whole track to like give it like a little, like catapult, like an aircraft carrier would. So there's some potential there. Um, I like to think that there's obviously some other horrible flaws because we still believe that if there was ever like a like a blimp or like an aircraft fleet that the world government would have, that's a game changer for the entire one piece yeah, world. It'll be huge. Mm-hmm. But in this case, yeah, they're they're like in the pre Wright brother phase where they're like, oh, it flies and it's optional. It's if we know how to work it, but it's very, very limited with what we can do for now. Um, obviously, also because <laughs> Ratchet's just such a shitty person. <laughs> so, like, maybe he hasn't even bothered, like, contacting them or they, no one's ever found them. Oh, you know what? Actually, never mind. I just realized I can't find the island, right? Turtle poses. So, that's why. All the events are still secret and contained on the island. Um, actually, seems pretty fun, right? A little bit where you get, like, the giant... Uh, you get the the whole rain of arrows from the robot mechanical soldiers, but Zoro brushes them away. You get the giant fan, but it's too good, and it takes up some of the mechanical soldiers, gets it stuck. It shreds the sails of the Merigo, poor Merigo, and the straw hats are stranded, right? So, like, for the next ten minutes, it turns to night. We get introduced to Ratchet and how much of a genius he is, I guess, or how much he thinks of a genius he is. But the straw hats are, like, Right, contemplating like, hey, we're stuck here. We need to get out of here. But Robin then, you know, tells you know, Nami, like, hey, there's the song I listened to. I wrote it down. There's actually a potential that that crown that Robo was talking about is true. Why don't we, you know, look for it while we're here? And do you have anything to add? It's like I feel like this is like again very bland, no, normal stuff. No, you got this. Take it away. <laughs> you got this, man. I'm just sitting back, enjoying myself. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah like I, honestly like when you're watching it you're you're it's not terribly boring right but in terms yeah, of like it's, discussion it's okay. at least i'll say one of the things i made it slightly enjoyable is that the straw hats are pretty in character i thought they got that fairly well yeah for the most part right um especially when usopp was trying to solve part of the song riddle where he thought they're talking about the two moons and i was thinking oh it's the moon and the reflection right and literally that's what usopp thought too yeah and they're brainstorming together. Like This was like the fun part. One of the fun parts of the movie. I liked what Sanji said after that as well. He's like, oh, so maybe the same thing in a different, reflected out of a different like body of water or something like that. It was just, you mm-hmm. know, smart. Like them all bouncing off each other and stuff like that. Yeah. And again, it's not super engaging. It's not super fun. But it is nice to see this draw. It's just, you know, be on the, be on the merry-go. and Just kind of vibing. Ideas. Right? Yeah. A little bit, right? Nothing too crazy. Nothing too bad. 
And then Luffy just had Spontine's idea of, oh, there's like the two rocks on that. There's like two orbs on that rock that look like eyes. I'm just going to go ahead and punch one. And lo and behold, there's like an actual possibility of a lead. And then um, I think it's like a Japanese language thing, but they said that the way that the song was sung, you could. Even I didn't get it. You didn't either. Okay, because they they're saying that Moon could be like strike if sung in a certain right. way. Right, some, some kind of pun. Some kind of pun. <laughs> okay, okay, <laughs> yeah. Because I didn't get it either. So that's why I'm just like, oh, okay. I guess we're doing this now. But you know, Luffy does the Luffy thing, right? Punches the rock, finds the entrance, and of course, the genius Ratchet is like completely like flust, flustered of like, oh my god, I can't believe these outsider pirates just uh solve this case before me this literal genius of a man i am oh my god again i hate this guy (laughs) i try to focus the uh, the drip the s the character design on that section but you could tell i did not like the guy even then (laughs) but i had no strong feelings one way or the other about this guy i really do i personally hate this guy so much (laughs) he bothered me every second he was on screen i'm sorry um you know, even worse than Vanderdecken. So, <laughs> oh no, not for me. Oh, definitely for me. <laughs> Vanderdecken at least had a really useful ship and a neat power. I can't think of a redeeming quality of this guy. This guy has it all. Robots. He's got Mecha. No, those Some robots. Of the mecha were cool, dude. His best robot was a discount General Frankie at best. I mean, it's... that's pretty much all you can do when you're like an arc away from Frankie being introduced. <sighs> Again, why isn't Frankie in this, man? See, <sighs> I, also, let's, let's talk about that really quick. Mm-hmm. There is this recurring theme of every movie either like foreshadowing the upcoming arcs yeah. or just being really like having similar features. Like in this case, we've got Mecha right before we're getting Frankie. And also the temples after Skypiea. We even get the way. Right, and then like the we had uh, like Cursed Sword was Zoro like betraying the crew, which is also kind of Water Seven stuff incoming. A little bit, yeah. But for but for Usopp, mm-hmm. it's just why Robin, I don't understand why they're choosing to do that. Like, Again, why give us this mid like Mecha story when we've got a way cooler Mecha incoming? Mm-hmm. You know, like <laughs> a cyborg about to enter the story. It just you or, know seems weird. Weird choice, and and potentially even more engaging or interesting if. Frankie was there, you know, giving his into like his little input on like well how cool the cyborgs are or mechas or how lame they are. Because there's even a part where Luffy is fighting a mech and we get the usual like oh that's so cool, but then we get another mech and he goes that's so lame. <laughs> and I'm like <laughs> you have to have the bar so low if you make a mech so bad that even, even Luffy's Luffy. going yeah, yeah that even Luffy's going that's not cool that's that's, that's so bad. True. Uh, I'm jumping I'm jumping the shark again sorry jumping the board. Um. But the the most glaring, weird transition, I would think, is... So before, right, they were attacked by the guys on the beach, right? By the mecha guys, the engineers. And then, after they solve the puzzle, right? And they're about to, like, head out, maybe sleep on it. They're trying to discuss what. And then Maji, I think it's Maji, rolls out to them again and goes, Hey, I have a proposition for you. Then they go, huh? So they have this weird transition then implementing the movie where they're discussing the riddle they're discussing what to do next to go inside the cave whether to sleep on it or to go right now and then you get that weird moment where you know ratchet decides oh maybe they can be of some use to me maji just rows out there on a rowboat and goes oh i have an offer to you from my boss and i'm thinking why the hell would they listen to this guy they just were attacked by him earlier but instead this rod just go huh and then next second later, we just look at Nami and Robin's tits as they're in their formal wear. 
Yeah, that's how so... we cut away into a party. Yeah, but there's like not even like a scene prior where they discuss like, hey, is this a trap or some shit? There's not even a scene where they show exactly where they're going to, like, you know, what castle, like where where in the town is it, right? So I have no idea where they are. This is like another dimension. It might as well be, because it just teleports from the well, Going Mary to the, the The super genius did say, I'll make him an offer they can't refuse, with presumably a party. So I think we can pretty much figure out how that conversation played out. I guess runtime was short, and they had to delete some scenes, I guess. <laughs> it was it was a little jarring. Um, also, what was also jarring is, despite the fact that our two you know wonderful straw hats, Nami and Robin, are dressed up, no one else is. No one else. Like, well, I guess you could say Sanji, but that's his default. Um, not the villains, not Luffy. <laughs> Everyone is like, that. I, I was, <laughs> why though? <laughs> they went through all that trouble to look sexy, look good. And I know like, you know, from the pretense of the first 20 minutes, I get it. This movie is going for full on sex appeal, whatever, fan service, whatever. But what, what, what about everyone else? Why is anyone else just for the occasion? Even the main villain who shows up like in like a, a mech throne, right, to try and show off, he's still in his squeaky clean, piss yellow overalls. And I'm just going, you're not even dressed up? You invited them to your guest? Oh, it was just so weird. Anyway. Yeah, if, if that was his stunt outfit, oof. Yeah, that's a major oof. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. Even I dress better than you, dude. <laughs> um,. We get, like, some world building where he has a bunch of, like, mechanical servants and maids, except for one. There's the butler, right? Gonzo. Um, not uh, not Gonzo from Arlong Park, mind you. It's Gonzo. It's with an O instead of an A. Not confusing at all. And he's just there, like I said, but he will come in handy later to save their asses when they get stuck from the inevitable turn. Because if you haven't guessed by now, this guy's the bad guy. I'm sorry. Surprise, <laughs> I'm sorry. Surprise. You might want to just watch the movie again. Um, but they basically they make a deal, right? Nami negotiates where they're like, oh, you need the muscle to help you out because clearly you would have gotten farther if you were actually that that adequate, that strong. And it works, right? And they get them on board and they work together temporarily to find the golden crown. They work together. Yeah, honestly, and that section, this whole like little Goonies adventure they go on is like probably the most boring part of the movie. It is. It's like the like middle said, sections that really slog. This is the most aggressively bland part you're talking about. <laughs> it's because yeah. it's it's not terrible. They're it's on also, a it's boat. not like actively boring. It's just yeah. kind of boring. There's some rapid currents. Uh, Usopp pulls out a dial at one point to help break through. Luffy punches through some stuff. They get to the next puzzle, right? And then they solve the puzzle after some time. Uh, we finally see Nami use the climb attack for the first time in movie history, and it's just to... Oh, sorry, the second time. The first time was <laughs> the cursed sword, but that was when she threw out a boxing glove, so it didn't really count. Um, I guess effectively use it. And solved another part of a puzzle. Uh, also, for some reason, they split up. Robin, Sanji, and Chopper. Right, because Chopper throughout the movie is listening in on what he hears as a voice, but he doesn't know where or what it is. So it goes with Robin, because she's doing Robin things, right? She wants to go investigate. God, that turtle thing was so obvious. I can't stop thinking <laughs> about like how they tried to make it such a big thing. Mm -hmm. That's what I was asking earlier. Like, do you think it was obvious for us because of the Zao? But yeah, still looking back on it, it still was pretty damn obvious that it was going to be a giant turtle. Um, and then Sanji goes with Robin, because I guess, you know, White Knight got to protect the lady. And 
Then the other half, right, with Nami, Usopp, Luffy, Zoro, they solve the last portion of the puzzle accidentally by, like, you know, like I said, the, the thunder tempo. It zaps, a, zaps like a beacon and basically disintegrates, like, I guess, like, the like the thousand-year decay of, like, I don't know, like, rock and mud and dirt. It sh- shoots it all the way. And so, like, then you finally see the full turtle and it's, like, moving around. It's alive. It's sentient. It's pretty cool. At the same time, Robin's, like, reading, like, it's not a poneglyph, but, you know, it's, like, ancient writings because, you know, she just knows all ancient writing. And <laughs> they just figure it out for themselves. Oh, yeah, this is, like, every thousand years, the turtle's supposed to, like, lay eggs and, and then go back into hibernation. It's, like, a little thing. Okay, cool. And then we have probably, like, the worst, like, villain reveal. Not because it was predictable, but because, again, the motivations make no fucking sense. Where, this is where it gets really stupid, honestly. Oh, also why I hate this guy even more. I'm before gonna I'm use like, this giant turtle to take <laughs> over the world. <laughs> I'm like, what? It's accidentally a comedy, as you could tell. Yeah, that part was so dumb. And it doesn't help that even the Straw Hats go, that's stupid. Because when the movie writers point out of, like, a horrible, like, goal that someone has, like, to try and break the fourth wall. It doesn't make it funny, it doesn't make it justified, it's just more like, yeah, we just kind of took an off day for this one, and didn't, we couldn't figure out what to do with this guy. So, yeah, he's gonna take over the world with a giant turtle. This this plan is never extrapolated upon, mind you. Never. That, that's it. That's the plan. Use never. the giant turtle to take over the world. The only idea I could have gotten maybe how effective it could be was the scene where the turtle is swimming towards the other island nearby. I think this is the one with the city on it. And you see, like, in the distance, you see the turtle slowly coming into view more and more. I'm like, okay, that's kind of intimidating. I can get that. But this is a random, unprepared island, whereas we're talking... Seven warlords, four emperors. This this government. man has vastly <laughs> underestimated the world. Oh my god! And like, yeah, there was never like any inside joke either. Where it's like, yeah, this guy doesn't get out often. Although you can tell, Alkizi alone could stop you dead in your tracks, literally, literally by freezing the ocean around your turtle. Like, and that's that's like one of the main vice captains. I'm thinking like even when any of the warlords, just any one of them, could come in and stop you. Any single yeah, one. Yeah, so, could probably slice that turtle in half. Which is very sad to th- imagine, but he could. But and could. yeah, exactly. And but the worst part too that really jumps the shark is because before we see like the inventions that we see, like they're they're kind of fun, they're kind of gimmicky, but they work, right? The giant fan, for example, the mechanical soldiers on the little treads, the little biplane short range. But then he has the giant mechanical castle. That has impossibly long robotic arms and, like, like robot arms that attach all around the turtle so he can forcefully control it and make it do what he wants it to do. Also, right? I noticed the spatial proportion inside this castle made absolutely no sense. That's all I was there getting was to, like yeah. There was, like, a full 20 acres of just gears inside where Luffy <laughs> was, like, stuck in, the, like, the end section. Yeah. And this also housed all those arms I mentioned because this island is massive. This turtle is massive. It's probably as big, if not bigger, actually, no, probably not as big as uh, Zunisha, but it's definitely giant, right? And this is, like, one of the few times, I think maybe the only time, where I'm looking at a One Piece, like, thing, and I'm going, yeah, that jumped the shark. That's too much. I can't believe that. <laughs> it's one of the few times. Like, Frankie yeah. is a cyborg. I bought that 100% immediately. I didn't question it at all. Uh, little moments maybe I didn't buy on, but this one, I'm just like, no, that's dumb. I think... 
and also that the castle was moving around too for a bit. I'm like, really? The inspiration was Wild Wild West, that shitty old '90s movie <laughs> that was Joel Smith, <laughs> where it's just I moving like around. That movie. Uh, I, I did not. <laughs> Ironically, <laughs> I enjoy it. The robot was cool, but that's it. I, this movie, I can't even say the same. Yeah. So, Straw Hats try to reunite. They go through a couple of like gimmicks and traps again within the castle. Um, very suggestive cinematography again because it's fan service throughout. No boot physics, but now we have the overshot, so you get the nice view of the valleys whenever Robin or Nami are on screen. And um, eventually, they get stuck in a trash compactor. I guess it's like a Star Wars reference. But Did you notice? Get- just on that it? real quick, there was one scene when most of the Straw Hats were together having a conversation, but it pretty much just stayed looking at Robin for, like, the whole time. Yep. At a particular part, you mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, again, animation and uh, uh, storyboarding really uh, had a goal here for this movie. And yet, it was still half-assed, because it wasn't like, oh, let's have a beach episode, right? The very, like, cliche staple that everyone will love. It's like, no, we're going to have them in these outfits, and then the camera will do all the peel. But it's going to be during these action scenes. So what, what's the point? What's the tone of the scene? Am I, is it not to be taken seriously because I'm getting a nice view of the valley? What's, what's going on here? Honestly, if your ultimate goal for a movie is fan service, you could have come up with such a better plot to do that. Just go all out, man. Have the, yeah, have, have, have Robin and Nami like, infiltrate a castle as maids or something. You know, Give well, them something to do, at least. If we're sticking with the Skypea theme, maybe have it so that it's not Amazon Lily. Like, discount Amazon Lily, and they go to, like, you know, somewhere where they have to wear, like, leather and some shit like that. Make it how Amazon looks. I don't know. You could have gone all out. Instead, it's, again, we get the outfits, which is nice. And then we have mechanical dungeons <laughs> that are just like, okay, sure, whatever. Um, and then they get rescued by the butler and mom, and they just say, please don't harm my boy. And Luffy goes, I'm just going to beat him up. And then they... And then everyone does their thing and separates. Honestly, it's really hard to keep track of who did what. Because at this point, it's just like, yeah, they get separated in the castle. Luffy punches his way through and gets to the main guy, Ratchet. See, this Um, is... I don't know what Sanji and Zoro... Okay, actually, I do remember how Zoro's fight happened. That one made sense. But I don't know what the hell Sanji was doing when he encountered his guy. He was with Robin, right? I I think so. Where were they going? What were they Uh, doing? I I don't know. I don't remember. That's a good question. <laughs> That's why it all, um, you know, like, because they didn't really do anything. Like, Zoro and Nami literally got kicked out of the fight. The main, yeah, and like, they had that, uh, the main, aw- you know, kerfuffle. Yeah, they awkwardly stumbled out and they had that horribly animated roll off the side. They landed in a, like, a roller coaster or like a minecart, which is an Indiana Jones reference. It's, it had to be. And totally. I was getting excited too. And I was just going, oh, we're going to get a Temple of Doom moment. And then I saw the villain yeah, behind I was, him. I was too. I wanted it. I was like, okay, now we're getting yeah. something fun. Yeah, but, get nope. into like, maybe the castle is bigger than we thought. Maybe it's actually within the shell or something like that. Oh my god, maybe it explains the robot arms. Actually, no, Zoro, instead of just cutting the track behind him, because it's just one track, not two. I was wondering jumps, why he didn't. Yeah, why didn't you just cut the track? <laughs> Zoro, you, you're, it's past Alabaster. Like, and Zoro does have now. ranged attacks. He could just slice the thing he's riding on also. Yeah, do I was rage pretty attacks, certain. Or just whatever, cut the though. tracks. Yeah, and then Fine. he just leaves Nami in the cart, jumps off so he can have like an actual fight with uh, General Maji, and then that fight ends. Um, Sanji has the fight with, uh, what was his name, Colonel Honky? I just say it like that, it's hilarious. Um, he fights the I'm pretty cyborg. Sure that, that sounds right. I think his name is Honky. Yeah. And then Honky does have like armor 
to go with it. He actually like, looked pretty cool. I'll, I he didn't look, he was, his design wasn't terrible. No, it wasn't. It looks fine. He actually kind of looked like a, like a one-piece henchman. Yeah, like a cyborg. Um, Again, not Frankie, but not everything can be. Discount Frankie. Uh, Sanji defeats him. Sanji, uh, Zoro defeats his person. Luffy fights Ratchet and his mechs. First one, they all have... Well, sorry. So all the mechs... The reason why I don't, I don't like these mechs. It's like an amalgamation of like different inspirations, but it, they don't synthesize well. It's like, okay, this one has the head of, like, a dinosaur with, like, spider legs, and it has a drill. Again, it feels like someone made it in a toy shop, and I guess that's right. the, the that's the aesthetic and the inspiration they're going that's for. kind of the vibe, yeah. Yeah, and I'm fine with that if everything else about the movie matched, cause, but it's, like, such a mess of aesthetics where you have, like, the serious dark metal castle, you have the cultural city with, and then the, the tunnels with Indiana Jones inspiration or Skypiea. You got the giant turtles, and then boobies, and then (laughs) dead or alive physics. Yeah, and then the mechs and themselves, and then the guy on top of that, Ratchet, who I don't know what the tone for him is. Like, is he like a preppy celestial dragon? I'm guessing he's a noble of the island because his mother seemed to be. But God, that fucking haircut too. And but he has like clean overalls, so that tells me he doesn't actually make the shit himself, even though he pretends he, he does. probably has his, his robot maids make him at this point. It seems like he's automated. Which, by the way, they actually didn't do anything. They served the food. Yeah, at not even in like an army. See, that would yeah. have been a better ploy. To be totally honest, it's better than the giant turtle. You can make a robot army. Yeah, throw away enemies. <laughs> make it like a what dynasty warriors. Nope. Instead, they're just shut off, and then. So Luffy fights the first mecha, right? Has drills. Okay, I'm getting Gurdon Lagan vibes, but not really at all. But I see the drill, so I think drills will pierce to heaven. And then he gets another mech, and this is the one that Luffy goes that's so uncool because it doesn't work. It's like a part boat, part... Oh, it was just awful. Yeah, it it, it was like one of those uh, binocular toys where it kind of stumble walks. You know, like yeah. the toy story, that just the, the eyes, <laughs> the binoculars. That's what it looked like. That's what it reminded me of. But it is such a horrible way to. It was again. It was just so stupid. It was supposed to be a comedic fight, but again, like it just wasn't funny. And then the final mech, which was actually pretty big and damaging, destroying his own castle. I thought it was going to be like, oh, Luffy's just going to dodge his attacks and then make it destroy itself, right? Do like a, the Incredibles kind of thing. Um, but instead, it's just no. Luffy's just going to stop an attack, and then we actually get like a oh shit moment where. Oh, Luffy accidentally activates Gear 2 for the first time, and he goes, what the hell did I just do? Okay, cool. Because I thought that happened way too fast in the manga as well, where I'm just like, oh, Luffy just got this power ball all of a sudden. And so if you watch this movie, you're just going, okay, so they kind of explained it happened here. It's a little tease, like, wait, what what just happened? And they never really address it, but it was very clearly. What's all the steam? What's all the strength I got from? And it's just like, yeah, so you're telling me. So this came out after that part in the manga, I guess? Well, the manga came out. That part in the well, manga was in his lobby. I guess we're already at like 2010, huh? Man, crazy. This movie, no, this movie actually came out in 2006. Um, oh, I well, okay. So where were um, we at in the manga then? I don't know. That's why I'm. That's why I'm wondering too, because we've had four or five movies. I in think a row it would now. be. It'd be in any lobby somewhere, but I'm not entirely sure. Yeah, gear. So gear. The gear system came out. It happened at Eni's lobby. I remember that he fought the the portal guy. Right yeah. So horns. this is. This is probably, like, they were probably making this before Gear 2nd was even in the manga, possibly. 
Oh, you're thinking about where the manga is. Okay, that's what you're talking about. Yeah, okay, right, right, like right, if right. gear because like if this like was it like a gear second spoiler? Probably not because I feel like or I like a tease. Yeah, I mean that wouldn't be the first time. I know uh, the My Hero Academia movie, the second one, t uh, spoiled something that was, didn't happen in the anime yet. Um, right. a few things actually. So that wouldn't Quite be the most. <laughs> that wouldn't be the most outlandish thing to see here that I'm a uh, shonen movie trying to spoil like what's to come like before even the anime viewers know what the hell it is. Oh, so a couple again, One Piece movies do it. I know at least one really big one. Oh, okay, okay. How, wait, have we we haven't got to it yet? No, we? no, we'll get there. Okay, okay, okay. Um, so he activates Gear Two. He makes short work of that third mech, which is just a bigger version of the first one, I think. Again, drills and uh, grappling hooks. But again, I love grappling hooks and drills, but it was just so boring. <laughs> it wasn't as exciting as it should have been. It sh- they should have just made it, like, fuck it. They should have just made, like, a humanoid mech, like Gurren Lagann. I don't care if it's just an homage or a ripoff. Fuck it. It's better than what we got here. And, um, they try to f- stop the castle, right? Because it's, like, un- out of control. The turtle's going right for the island. So we do get a cool team attack with, uh, all the Straw Hats, right? They try, they, like, the support characters are back on the ship. They fire a cannon. And then Sanji and Zoro are, like, like they're pushing it up, right? Kind of like Alabasta with like the like the elevator system they had in place for the, to- yeah. for the clock tower, but it's a cannonball. And then Luffy's doing like I think a new attack where he calls it like a was it like axe or something like a yeah that blade. was that was a unique attack. Didn't and really he, make any sense, but whatever. Yeah, you know, just, it's it's new at this point. I mean, I'm it would make of, more <laughs> sense with hockey. It would. Oh, speaking of uh, no, sorry, sorry, no, that's not relevant. <laughs> anyway, um. I was going to bring up a Force Metal Gear Rising reference, but we're not talking about that. <laughs> um, but yeah, he uses the cannonball to destroy the tower, and then he brings himself back down to cut through the castle. Uh, Zoro and Sanji have to stop him because Luffy has too much power. Because again, it's gear two. It's new to him. He doesn't know how to control it. Um, and he probably just forgot that he's on the back of a living creature. Yeah. Well, I don't think he forgot. I think I just think he had too much power because again, this is just gear two. Again, it's like one of the good parts in the movie where I'm like, okay, that kind of yeah, makes sense. Honestly, that's that. true. I don't. Luffy probably wouldn't forget. I kind of know though. The only thing I know for real is that it has to be this way. Anyway, so <laughs> um, they stop the tower. They free the turtle. The turtle free- lays the eggs. Everyone's happy. Um, they they realize that the crown. Oh, there's actually a part we kind of skipped where Ratchet was doing the evil villain turn, and they asked, "So what's what about the golden crown? The whole thing we're the whole thing we're here for?" And he goes, "I don't even know if that's real or not. It could be real." <laughs> and then now at the end, when the eggs hatch and we get like the cute baby turtles, and we go, "Oh, it's the golden eggs that have cracked open. That's your crown." Okay. Again, the movie itself forgot the whole plot device for the movie, the driving force. And then during the credits, when the Straw Hats are just sailing away, the eggshell just disintegrates, unfortunately, and then they don't get their gold. And then it Ratchet... Like it sunk. Yeah. <laughs> it looked like it could have fetched a heavy price at the at the gold hoarders. But, um, unfortunately, uh, the credits are rolling. That's the end of the Straw Hats. Ratchet is spanked by his mom because again the movie isn't sure what to do with his design. If he if they made him actually look like an immature young kid, maybe this would have made more sense with like the mecha toys and like rule the world bullshit and being spanked by his mom. But again, he just looks like a grown ass dude with some weird fucking drip that makes no connection at all. And 
I'm, again, I just didn't know where his design or motivations were going. Easily the worst part of the movie is Ratchet. Like, everything, every time he's on screen, even in the fight sequence, it just brought the whole feeling down. Even Luffy couldn't save that, really. Is he the worst villain? I think so. I think he's worse than Vanderdecken. I think he's worse than Mr. Three. No, I haven't seen in the movies. Wait, you mean ever? I think ever. Um, Let me think Mr. about it. Mr. Three. I, oh, I think uh, Vanderdecken is worse, for sure. <laughs> I mean, Vanderdecken's still number two. But, um, so Mr. Three redeemed himself with Marine Ford. I still hate his design, but, okay, he's not the worst guy ever. Okay, so you shoot up there. But Vanderdecken was still, like, just, like, just a piece of shit. But, there, again, but there's some parts connected to Vanderdecken <sighs> that were okay. And then, compared to this I, guy... I think about it, I actually kind of agree that he is, like, he's definitely in the bottom tier. Like, there's no debate. Without a doubt, yeah. He's, he's like, like, bottom bottom three. Like, uh, like strictly with movie villains, right? What are the worst movie villains? We have the Count, and then maybe what El Dorago? No, we have Saga. Yeah, I was gonna say Dorago, Saga are both pretty boring. The Count also was just really bad. He was incredibly boring too. Um, the violin was sick though. Uh, Saga, he had a cool sword. Uh, Dorago, he had a cool shout. What does Ratchet have? <laughs> what does he have? He doesn't have a cool mech. Yeah, I'm the mech. I'm the robot mech guy. I didn't think he had a cool mech. I I don't. He had three of them. I'm like, no, they're all misses. Sorry. Go back to the drawing board. Yeah. Maybe. He's, he's slow to hear. He is awful. Yeah. I think he's. Again, it's not because like he is so despicably evil. Because I'm also thinking like Caesar Clown. I personally don't like that character. But I know he works for a lot of people too. Um, This guy just does not work. Again, if they redesign this character to make him look maybe. Maybe like Santa Claus, where he's like, you know, very toy friendly and like, oh, I have all these inventions and look at these cool little gadgets I have. Maybe like like a pull like a big mom, right? But instead of like instead of like Alice in Wonderland with food, it's like with toys and then you're in a toy box. Oh, look at all these inventions. And then there's like a darker yeah. secret where he has like this plot or whatever. Maybe that would have fit better. But again, this clash of tone, this clash of aesthetic really hurt the movie overall. The straw hats were fine. Nami and Robin look sexy, sure. It distracts from the overall feel, but hey, at least you get some good JPEGs you can put as your wallpaper for a day or two. I don't know. But at the end of the day, I'm going to forget this movie, and I'm just going to watch the next one. I'm still going to remember movie six, and hopefully enjoy eight. But this one, I'm just going to forget. It's a three out of ten. It is not the worst movie. I still think Curse of the Sacred Sword is the worst, because that's actually bad, bad. Didn't you give that one a four out of ten? No, I give that a two. Oh, oh yeah, I think I gave it a, maybe also a two. God, I hate uh, that. Chopper's Kingdom. I gave a four because Chopper's yeah, Kingdom. I think, I I think this is like it. five. I think I also gave Chopper's Kingdom a five, right? I don't remember. A four. But. I think you give it a four or a five, but that's how I feel in the moment. It's that it's pretty. This movie is very just eh. Yeah, average. I, I, that's what. That's five. You know, I to me a five is still like did I enjoy it? Right, and this one I don't think I did. That's why I have to mark it down. I don't want to rewatch it again. Worst villain in One Piece history. Worst design, worst motivations, worst attacks and action. And not going to come back. <laughs> so I'm sticking with a three on this one. But, Fair enough. But if you want to talk to me about... If you want to <laughs> try and tell me that Chopper's Kingdom is still the worst movie and not Cursed Secret Sword or uh, Mechanical Soldier at Karakuri Castle... You can find me at Twitter at Jacob Miranda. That is J A C O B M E R E N D A. Um, also, <laughs> I'll 
I, I couldn't help it. Like I tried, I even told Justin before this recording, I'm like, I'm going to try and keep my Metal Gear Rising references to a minimum, but now Not I want to bring one. I, I made one in there. I don't know if you caught it. I made one. Oh, um, I missed it. But um, I want I just had to bring up because in hindsight, because I was thinking of, because, you know, we have like, you know, we have swordsmen, we have soldiers and mechas in this. And I'm thinking of like that last stage in Metal Gear Rising. And I just remembered that Senator Armstrong fight, which is where my name came from, by the way. That dude with his nanomachines, that's just hockey. Right? Defense armament where his skin like turns black, his armor. Yeah. And he fights. That's just hockey. And it blew my mind. <laughs> I, just, I just had to throw that in there on air somewhere to let people know that I found that out. It makes the game cooler. Uh, I'm so sorry, Justin. Where can they find you at? Yeah, if you want to tell me that this movie is either really good or really, really bad, you can find me at Jitsu, also on Twitter. J-I-T-S-Z-U. <laughs> Sorry, I just could, couldn't help it with Senator Armstrong. Man, if Senator Armstrong was the main villain of this movie, this movie would have been at least a seven. <laughs> Get that giant forehead in there. Um, oh, there's another test. Actually, okay, no, this is why I wanted to bring it up. I actually just remembered. Sorry. So, if you have robots fighting in any movie or any game, right? And if you're unsure if this is cool or not, play the song Collective Consciousness, which is the song that plays during the boss fight against the mecha in that game. If is the scene cool now? No, then the mech sucks. The action sucks. <laughs> if that if collective consciousness cannot save the scene, which I did try, it's not good because then I close the movie and I listen to the song because <laughs> the song was really <laughs> great. But yeah, that was my that was that was my mecha test and it failed the mecha test. But yeah, that's you know I can't even can't even be mad at that. <laughs> Can't be mad. Oh, the uh, next movie. Next movie. That this is the this is gonna be a this is be a neat one, right? Yeah, this is the retelling. Movie mm-hmm. eight is Alabasta, the or the Desert Princess and the Pirates, right? Mm-hmm. It's the so, full title. So that's gonna be our next episode. I wonder. I wonder how Wait. that recording will be. Yeah, I haven't uh, seen it. I mean, obviously, I've seen Alabasta several yeah. times. I'm cur- I'm curious on the on our front where it's just like I wonder if we're just going to be redoing our Alabasta episode or we're just going to be discussing differences or d- new additions. I don't know. We'll as we'll find out when we get there. Yeah, I'm, I look forward to it. Thank you guys mm-hmm. so much for listening. If you're so inclined and have the time, any reviews or on iTunes or ratings on Spotify really help us out and help the show out. And yeah, we'll see you next time when we're discussing the Desert Princess and the Pirates One Piece movie eight. Bye bye. Mm-hmm.